0: Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro parlay hour. What's happening everybody? Ken M in the studio and we have a special guest on the line because we're doing a comic deep dive that you usually find only on our Patreon but we're going to send this one out to the masses because it's a fantastic comic and we have a fantastic guest that wants to come in and talk about it. You know him as one of the hosts of the panel to panel podcast podcast which if you're not following, you're not subbed to, I'm going to tell you right now, make sure you do it by the end of this episode because it's one of the best comic podcasts out on the planet. Please welcome to the ODPH, the one and only Marty from the Panel to Panel podcast. Marty, what's going on? Hey,
1: hi, howdy. What's going on? Really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk. It's going to be great.
0: Oh, absolutely. Anytime we can talk comics on the ODPH, you know we will make time to do it. And like I say, we usually do these special reviews strictly for Patreon. But this one we're releasing to the masses because we definitely want to make sure everybody is aware of this fantastic comic that has been out, generating a lot of buzz amongst the independent podcast community. But before we get into it, why don't you let our listeners know a little bit more about the Panel of Panel podcast and everything you're up to?
1: Yeah, sure. So Panel the Panel podcast is a podcast where we talk all things comics. Um, It's hosted by myself. Bash and Ali, and Bash and Ali also are a part of the Radiant Black podcast as well as the Firepower podcast, and they have a wealth of knowledge. and I've come in as kind of the new reader or new reader uh, take on things, and we, between the three of us, we have a really good conversation around tribal knowledge versus looking at things from a new, new reader's perspective. I've been in comics now reading heavily for the past little, almost three years now. So I've got a little bit of that, but there's still a lot of stuff that, you know, I, I ask questions about, we talk about things, everything from grading to collecting. We have a lot of guests on where people are either have Kickstarters or um, we're going to have some potentially artists and other folks coming up where we get questions from the readers. They, uh, they're able to, we're able to ask them for them and and get some takes and, and understand how things work from a, from a creative perspective as well. So it's, it's a little bit of mixed bag, but we talk everything comics. Sometimes we'll talk about movies that are coming up as it relates to the comics. We've done episodes on black Adam and, uh, the moon Knight, where we've done kind of how to get ready for it. Here's a reading guide that, that we followed and, Kind of our predictions and stuff like that
0: yes it's excellent so you definitely want to make sure you're checking it out all that information is in the liner notes of this podcast and when marty and i were kind of kicking around ideas of what to talk about he brought up a book that like i said has been generating a lot of buzz and rightfully so amongst the independent podcast community comics podcasts are talking about this all over the place and marty what is that book
1: uh that book is the to Do a power bomb by daniel warren johnson and it was kind of funny because i think on one of the very first threads that you you put us in where you do that follow follow for follow in picture i posted uh, a, a a picture of of uh, you guys um in the picture except with uh, one of the panels so that's kind of started it and i know you guys are huge wrestling fans and i ended up getting into this book late but uh it's definitely awesome
0: yeah i definitely got into this and i was like this is right up our alley because i would see the memes going around and obviously Daniel Warren Johnson is doing phenomenal work left and right. I was a big fan of his Beta Ray Bill. So when I heard that he was doing wrestling, I'm like, take my money now. This is a no-brainer for me. And now diving into the limited series, because unfortunately it's been announced issue seven is where this is going to be ending. And we're going to be talking about issues one through five. There's been a lot that is going on with this book that definitely captures a lot that if you're into pro wrestling like I am, or just kind of on the fringe like Marty is, there's something for everybody, but the story is what's driving everything here. Like, wouldn't you say, Marty?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Daniel Warren Johnson's really a triple threat because he does it all. He writes, he does the letters, he does the coloring, and he and he draws it. And like you, I also read Beta Ray Bill before this. Um, that was the first book that I got introduced to his stuff. And it was really interesting because when I first read Beta Ray Bill, just the art and the colors and, and the lettering kind of threw me for a bit because it it's not norm like the standard norm of comics that you get it's it's very different and it took me maybe about a couple pages to get into it and then after that i was just i was just hooked on on his approach and and how he did everything which was great and from a new reader perspective beta ray bill was great because it was a self-contained story this again is great because it's a self-contained story and it has a little bit of everything for everybody, um, and he, and the way that he writes, he really plays with themes that kind of really hit you in different ways, depending upon you know where you are in life. And it's really there's really something for everybody, which allows the readers to really truly connect to the story.
0: Absolutely, no, there is a lot going on with this book, and it, there's so many underlying themes that are happening here. It really transcends wrestling, even though that's what it's all centered about, and they do a great job doing it. And especially once I heard that Daniel Warren Johnson was doing this. There's a panel that's in Beta Ray Bill where you see Beta Ray is giving somebody the Rainmaker clothesline from Kansushi Okada. And it is phenomenal. And I marked out when I saw it. I know JVD from Crossover Collision, Villains of Man, definitely chimed in about that. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool to see him do it. And he acknowledged, obviously, he's very influenced by New Japan Pro Wrestling, which if you haven't checked out, you need to check out. So that said... We're gonna do our usual spoiler-free statement that you hear on the ODPH. So we're gonna give you enough time to really kind of get a a general idea of what we're gonna do. And then after a countdown, it is spoiler talk time and we're gonna break down everything and anything that is going on with the series thus far. So Marty, why don't you give our listeners the spoiler-free statement about Do a Powerbomb.
1: Sure, so like I said, this is one book that I really didn't jump into, but I saw a ton of people talking about it and singing its praises. Like Ken said, I didn't jump in till about issue three. And then I, I'm glad I did, because the book hooked me right from the first issue. Um, I was never a huge wrestling fan growing up, but this book has a ton to offer from non-wrestling fans. Things like life loss, high stakes, and of course, a magical aspect, which is really cool. Uh, the colors and lettering in this book were an amazing and, and really enhances the this, this story. There are times where the letters do such a great job they help show motion during some of the wrestling moves and then it and then for the the cloud uh the the huge words that are like over the the crowd it just it just kind of makes you feel like you're immersed within the book and it and I found myself at times imagining being kind of in that crowd with all of the chanting with the epic letter art. so that was that was some of the things that really really hit for me. Um, and then I'll definitely go into some stuff that hit pretty hard for me uh, as we dig into it from a spoilers perspective.
0: Yeah. I have to echo that statement too, that there is just so much that is going on here. And it's just the little details like you touched on, from the letter wording to just those moments where it really jumps out from the panel and you can sit there reading it and really feel that energy that's coming out from here, that it's not just a wrestling story. And then even if you are not into pro wrestling, by the time you get to, I would say about issue three you're locked in and you're like, oh my God, the, the stakes are here. The emotion, which you're going to definitely feel from the characters, you can fully relate to and you really see that drive and you can definitely you know, see the hearts breaking when they happen and just you know the ranges that every character is going through and all balanced out by the supernatural background, which definitely you don't think on paper this might work, but yet when you see the panels right here, wherever you're reading it, you're going, oh, my God, this is a fantastic read. And I just sit there a lot of times and going. For a wrestling fan, it's paying perfect homage to it. You definitely capture the theatrical aspect of it and the physicality, and it's just put together in such a, a mind-blowing way. You can't help but be hooked on it. And I know there's only two issues left. I wish they did an ongoing. Maybe we'll get a prequel. I'm just putting that karma on the world because – this has been an excellent read thus far, so you definitely want to make sure you're hitting up your LCS or Comixology and make sure you get this in your collection. is a fantastic book out right now from Image Comics. That being yeah, said, would be awesome. Oh, I would say, yeah, no, oh my god, the prequel. If they did a prequel, I think that's the only direction they they should go and need to go in because I want to see more like of the background and the the story of a few certain characters. But we'll get into that when we get into the spoiler talk. And that being yep. said, in three, two. One, it's spoiler time. Marty, talk to me about this book.
1: My God, this. uh, uh let, let's start with like the first issue, which really, drew, which really uh, drew me into this. So, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a dad. I've got two young, young girls of eight and and two, and you know, the very first issue. Obviously, we're in spoilers, right? Yes. Steel, Steel Rose dies <laughs> right for like right in the beginning. It just like she looks like a main character, and then she's killed off. And like in the point where right before she expires, they kind of cut to where she's laying in bed with her with her daughter and and just like her daughter's asking, like, oh, where do we go in the afterlife? And, and you know, the mother's like explaining the concept of dying and like, you know, well, I really don't know. Maybe we go somewhere. And and that just concept. You know, right at the end, she's like, but don't worry, I'm going to be here for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you know, the dad comes out and is like, sorry, she's gone. And and that for me, like that just just gut punch wrenched me right in the stomach, because like, you know, every night I'll read to my kids in, in bed and sometimes we'll we'll lay in bed and we'll talk about stuff together and. And like, just thinking about that, it, it, you know, life's short, man. It, it just, it just crushed me. It, it, you know, almost brought a tear to my eye. And from then on out, I was, I was like, God, these stakes of this book are, are super high, especially when, you know, at the very end of that, that first issue, you know, y- you find out more and, and learn about the tournament that's going on with, uh, with the necromancer uh, what's his name? How, uh, Willard, mm-hmm. who is the, the necromancer. And he's like, Hey, you know, the, I have this this tournament where you can bring your mom back to life. So like that's how kind of the first issue ends and it, it hooks you. It's like, all right, we're gonna take the the main character away, but hey, there's a potential of her coming back and right then and there I was I was ready to go.
0: Oh especially too when they start off because you we, you see you as Steel Rose and she's addressing the crowd and like typically before any type of main event, is going on. So you're kind of seeing the crowd is getting wound up and you see her family comes to see her backstage and they have that heartwarming interaction. And you see how her young daughter is just looking up to her and you know, she's like, okay, we'll be fine. Like, you know, and getting ready to go into the ring. And she cuts that amazing promo. Like I'm doing this for my family. I'm not doing this for me, which you hear a lot of times from pro wrestling. So like, I love how, well, Johnson got this right to the letter. Like this felt like I was watching Monday night raw or Friday night Smackdown. Like this just was perfect. And then
1: yeah, I was just saying, not only that, but like the stakes when you knew it was staged where, um, we're Steel, uh, not Steel Rose, where Cobra's son kind of slipped mm-hmm. on, the, on the top rope there. And that's what caused the, the fall of, of the mother snapping her neck, basically. And, you know, he knew he messed up. And, and the worst part about it is like he was really trying to help her. Yeah. Right? Cause he, he's, you know, he's the heel uh, of that whole fight.
0: Wrestling we always say is, is is such a dangerous field to be in too because you know one accidental mess and you know you can have anything from paralysis to death and it, you know it's just it's such a it it you have to really just admire when you watch the pro wrestlers now and you see on WWE or AEW and what such like the ones that are really well at their craft you know how intricate their timing has to be otherwise when these type of accidents happen they have real life-changing consequences. And we see Cobra Sun is trying to set up for what appears to be like a Styles clash off the second rope. If you're into wrestling, you know what it is, It kind of looks like a pile driver to anybody that's a non-wrestler and he's and Cobra Sun loses his footing and you see Steel Rose come right down on her neck and breaks it instantly. Like that is just one of the moments you are just in like, oh my God, like what just happened? And you see that, yeah he does break character because obviously he's very concerned about what happens. And then you go right to that scene in the hospital. Her husband comes out and just goes, like, yeah, she's passed. And, like, how do you deal with that? And then you go 10 years later, where the daughter is now stepping into that role. Like, when yep. you're seeing this unfold, what's going through your mind, Marty?
1: Well, what's even crazier is that, you know, she's trying to follow in her, in her mother's footsteps, but you have Uncle Blood, who basically, you know, he was like paying her that money for, uh, to do that, uh, some match. But Lona is like, which is, which is the daughter's name, Lona wants, to uh to go to the big leagues but he's like he's like no i can't train you because of what happened to your mom and he basically he basically tells her right out so right there there's some family drama involved in everything that's gone on so like it just sets the stakes where you know that lona is fighting an uphill battle with the you know the people that really care about her and so she has that to overcome and then she finds out on top of it like there's this tournament that maybe she can get her mom back so then she has that so she has like two things two main things to overcome to try to get what she wants and i mean for anybody this really hits hard because somebody you know at this point and at this stage in the game most people have lost something that they wanted to get back and if there's an opportunity to get it back by some way of magical form like let's go on that adventure and try to figure it out so i feel like this this speaks to a lot of a lot of people, you know, both family, uh, just, just loss in general. And then the whole, you know, magical aspect of it, which again, are like all the things that really, really hooked me, um, from the first issue. Cause I did, I was, I gave the first issue a shot. And at the end I was like, all right, I need, I need this. Like, here's the, here's my money. I'm, um, I'm in for the, I'm in for the long haul.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause I, like I say, once you see Willard Nectron appear with his death life pro wrestling castle ring, like, <laughs> I mean, this kind of goes yep. completely over the top, but when he offers uh, the deal of, I can bring your mother back, how insane is that moment for Lona that now is like the biggest you know tragedy in her life can now be reversed. And obviously, she's going in with this thinking like one goal, like I'm going to get my mom back. So, I mean, just how much that impacts the story moving forward. I mean, Marty, that's just like the tip of the iceberg though, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, what's crazy, first of all, the design of, of Willard, I love it. I yes. love the spiked hair. I love. I love the the coat. Coat sick. I mean, he is like he's like the devil, but he's like this badass wrestling guy. Like that. I mean, again, I don't follow wrestling, but he he looks like he could wrestle. And and you learn a lot about like his backstory in that. Really, that second issue where he talks about you know how he tried to conquer the world essentially and got fought in a big war, and then they just exiled him to. To where he is now and he got bored so he but he loves pro wrestling um but what's really crazy to me is that he doesn't realize wrestling is fake yes him and him and lona have this exchange rate where she's like but pro wrestling it's scripted it's 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 predetermined outcome and he's like ha 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 good one. you're full of shit like now now here i'm going to show you more about this death tournament that you're in and and what's really interesting is is this is the tag team tournament but uh like She's like, well, who the, who who am I gonna fight with? And he was the one that suggests Cobra Son. And this is this is to after reading it the first like when I read it through the first time, I didn't really think anything of it. But reading through this again, on the reread, I was like, oh man, there's so much foreshadowing here mm-hmm. on so many different on so many different levels. Because first of all, Cobra Son was was the dude that that killed that killed the mother. Right. So we don't know who's behind Cobra Son's mask yet, but like right after that panel, right. Um, Lona gets a call from her dad mm-hmm. right at and, and and she declines it. And then, you know, Cobra Spun goes uh Cobra Sun goes into this main battle with this with this other wrestler in a no-hold bars match and gets his ass whooped and then you know takes takes a payday. But like at the end of that issue, you you know, you you find out the big reveal, Cobra Sun is actually Lona's dad. So yeah. this now adds a whole nother level to the stakes and because Lona doesn't know that her dad actually killed her mom, which is nuts. On top of it, like there's loss, regret, like there's so much. I'm sure going through his head. Um, and, and I mean, his, you know, Cobra Son's name is Jacob, mm. um, and we learn and we learn that in issue three, where where he, him, and you know, Uncle Blood are arguing about not training, uh, not training, or not being able to train. Lona. Um, Lona, thank you. Because he's like, she's got raw talent, just like her mother. Like, you got to do it. Because um, Lona, I think, went to to talk to uh, Cobra's son to try to get him to to do it, to 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 be a part of the of the tournament. And um, you know, he was at first. He's like, no, hell no, not 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 happening. Like, you're, no way.
0: Well, yeah, because he doesn't want to go so. through the same tragedy again. Because I mean, obviously, this is yeah. a whole different ball game than the normal pro wrestling world.
1: And what's what's crazy is, you know. Uh, what what do you think about that exchange where you know lona was trying to to co or to persuade uh cobra sun to 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 work for her i i think or that
0: to work with her. i thought i thought it was done very very deceptively which i like because obviously when you realize who cobra sun truly is like you're seeing that he's just trying to brush off and being very professional about it in the landscape of pro wrestling but like once you get that reveal you're like oh my god because you, like, you you fully understand like It's not that she's not good enough to be a pro wrestler. It's, I don't want to see my daughter die. Because where we're going to go with this, you see now, Cobra Sun is now dealing with deathmatch wrestling, which is a whole different ballgame in the landscape of pro wrestling. But you're now seeing it, like, he's dabbling in this because he has so much loathing upon himself. Like, it's such a weird thing to see play out, but it makes sense. And then, obviously, when they get, you know, paired together in the tournament, and you're seeing that, obviously you know we're talking with the uncle too it's like we're trying to keep her safe but she's hellbent in high water to go get her mother back which you can fully relate to and understand but it's like nobody truly understands what's going on here you have a crazy necromancer running around promising everybody anything to be a part of this weird tournament like just seeing just seeing how this is all like folding out like you're sitting there as a reader going i understand the motivations and i can fully get behind this but do you really understand what you're going into? Like, there's gotta be a catch. And then like, once you get to issue three and you see the welcome to the death life, like that whole scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk to me about this one, Marty.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Re- real quick. Cause I was, I was gonna, I was gonna talk a little bit about that. So you just, you just, you crushed it. <laughs> We're thinking the same thing there. Um, But what's crazy is when, when he, uh, when he decides to go and be partners with Lona, she basically tells him, "I'm doing this with or without you." So it's it's like the reader knows that that's really Lona's dad. Lona doesn't know that yet, and the father is just like, "Well, shit. I guess the only way to protect my daughter is is to do this thing with her and hope for the best." Like as as a parent, you 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 try to foster, you know, and keep your kid under your wing as as best as you can as long as you can and as much as you can but there's a point where they're going to be like screw it I'm doing it anyways and you got to try to have that safety net and this is like their like his way of having that safety net so i thought that was was crazy like just a just a extra level and layer of family aspect that's really happening behind the scenes With this whole wrestling thing, which again, for me is what drew like another reason why I was so connected to this book, but this. This panel that you're talking about, where they where they get into, welcome to the Deathlight. The first thing that I thought of were, was two movies, right? Or was two was two things was was Ready Player One,
0: mm-hmm. because their
1: portals are opening up and they're and they're going in and they're getting ready to register for this tournament. And the other thing, obviously, right, Avengers. Yep. The, the big battle at the end, mm-hmm. Endgame, where everyone was going through the portal. I was like, oh man, it's. You know, it's it's just like these two things go all over again. But it looks like a giant festival. Like the the archway with the DLP with the skull is yeah. just like epic. It's just like like you look like you're going into hell and into death. Um, the colors really pop, and and I really love the the effect with the portal again with the lettering. It's like I like I can't even pronounce it, but it really just makes you feel like like people are. You know, are entering in into this thing, um, which was which was really really cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because then you start seeing some of the other tag teams come there, and uh, they are running into the first one on on the docket, and that is FYSO, which is yep. which I I I gotta admit I laughed out loud when I realized what their tag team name really stood for. F your stupid opinions. <laughs> like how brilliant yeah. is that? And then and then they go to the puppy dog. Which they're like, why are you punching a dog? Like, just randomly. Oh, my God. Just like, this is how crazy this scene is because you're trying to see the Cobra Sun and Lona are just trying to go you know, to the bar and just kind of just like relax a little bit because obviously they know what they're stepping into. This is going to be literal hell. And then you see this, yep. this just completely random tag team is threatening this puppy, ready to punch him. And then Lona's like, who the hell thinks about punching a puppy? And then this causes a little bit of a brawl that happens, which I love this scene because it just gets completely out of control. And then you get introduced to one of the wildest tag teams I think I've seen. Because we have to remember, this is not just your normal pro wrestling. This is supernatural. You're seeing aliens. You're seeing all types of different stuff. You see Orangabang show up. Yep. How was your reaction seeing them?
1: Uh, So, I mean – You hit the nail on the head where it's just like anything goes no hold bars like this is really wrestling all over the universe or or, or globe or wherever because these two massive orangutan guys where they basically like step in and stop the fight from happening because because of the reason you know the re- they don't want their uh their opponents because they're they they're the people that they get paired with first and they want to make sure that their opponents are top notch for for fighting against them and they feel that it's unfair if they were getting if they were getting their ass whooped so like it just very very nice uh very nice group of of a tag team that wants to make sure that their opponents are in tip top shape you know anybody else that was sleazy would. Would be like screw it. I'm just gonna let them get their ass kicked, and then I'll just kick their ass real easy. And these guys are like, nope. They step in and just smack the shit out of them. Yeah. And uh, and and say, hey, listen, we're fighting you first. We want to make sure you're good. You're a legit contender, which I thought was awesome.
0: It's such a pro wrestling move too. Like it, it just, it's so perfect. Like I, I can't stress this enough because you, the one thing that we've talked about on 607 TWS with Rich from Three fn and myself is when you watch pro wrestling for the first time or you read it for the first time, you should know who the good guys are and the bad guys are within the first couple minutes. You obviously know FYOS is absolutely awful. They're completely scumbag human beings. And Orangabang is actually good guys that are trying to do the right thing. So it's like, it's that little nod to the real landscape of pro wrestling I love seeing this. Like for me, I was like, "Okay, now I get this." And especially being an old school pro wrestling fan, like this is right up my alley. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was it was really good to see that established right off right off the get go. It made it real easy to to track to for a non wrestling or someone that's not into wrestling at all. And and one thing I liked about the way that this story developed is we learned a lot about what the stakes were what everybody's stakes were in the game for this huge major fight because before every event we learned you know why why orangabang was was uh was a part of this competition you know they lost one of their one of their brothers i think it was um and same with everybody else which which i thought was great because you knew like everybody's stakes were equally as high for this whole thing
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just that little personal touch. Like they were trying to get their It was actually their sister. They were trying to get back and you, and then you, but you, but that's like the little thing that gives just this completely insane pro wrestling tournament, some emotional layers, which it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but yet Warren Johnson, like just, he nails this like perfectly and really captures Mm -hmm. it because obviously you have the team of sun and steel that is Cobra yep. Sun and, and Lona. And then they start breaking down the different brackets, and I love how they kind of just combine a little bit from each kind of pro wrestling style. The Lucha Bots are in there, too, which, I mean, obviously Lucha Libre, he's a big fan of, too, as, as well. And, like, you start seeing just some of the, the, the tourney is set up and just how the Necromancers just live living this in. And then when you get to the first match, too, like, you know the stakes are high between both Orangabang and Sun and Steel. And seeing the action go here... And really just how they do the lettering for this. Like this is something that jumped out to me. I don't know about you, but when you see like that first punch that the one member of Orangabang lands on Cobra Sun and you see him getting flipped, you know, to a three sixty, like you can just feel that reading at home going like, Holy crap, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. And and again with the lettering. Um and here's where it's it's really interesting because as, as this story develops, like Cobra Sun is being the protective father in in him and not letting Lona do anything in the beginning. And he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Mm. Lona's sitting there on the sidelines like, what the F? Like, let me in, tag me in, and he won't do it. And what's really interesting about this tournament is one of the rules that they have where you can interrupt for any moment and not have a tag. So in order for this first match, like in order for them to actually – end up being victorious is lona just jumps in and and stops her her you know her father that she didn't know about but cobra son from from getting pinned essentially Mm -hmm. and she does this crazy layback i don't know what the moonsault heck it's called yeah and and like the lettering is like this this is where the lettering comes in where it's just like what like and you could hear like the crowd just in the background all in big crazy pink letters and and that's where, like, the it just jumps out at you, like, right before, right before she pins, um, pins the, the orangutans, which, which I thought was awesome. But, like, you slowly start to see the training wheels come off or that safety net go away when the father is realizing, Hey, I got to let my, I got to let my daughter just kind of free a bit. And mm. I got to stop being overprotective. And we have to actually work together as a team. Um, which, which I thought from, you know, from a family dynamic perspective was huge because every parent goes through this, where they're, they got to let their kid off the leash. They got to take the training wheels off. The kid's got to be able to function on its own, on on his own or her own. And, and j- just that whole concept interplayed throughout these, these next few issues with the matches w- was just, it was just mind boggling it. Like it really hit home for me.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like I say, just that extra emotional feel to this story, just, not that it was even necessary, but, man, you just really connect with it, and you're going, like, you can't help but root for Sun and Steel to win this tournament, even though we do see a quick shot of Pizza Party versus the Knights of Rain and just how insane yes. how insane that match gets. And, obviously, there is a lot of AEW, or I should say FTR influence here that you see their their finisher being used. And this was just a wild scene, don't you think?
1: Oh, my God, yeah. And this is really, again, where, like, the letters and, and everything – Really convey movement and and just uh, just like it just makes you feel so immersed with with uh, what's going on and and I love how the whole pizza finisher like you see a big pizza pie yeah. <laughs> when he does the kick as he's slicing it like this is the most crazy tag team I mean they get they get the crap kicked out of them but like you know even to the point where. Like the letters where where one of the guys is hopping over the ropes where it's like, boang, you know, you can really get into that. And and again, it's like the way that they're written, it conveys the motion of him kind of jumping over over the top. And it's it's just like between the art and the lettering and and, and colors and and everything and how it's written, it just it just comes together so well that. When I when I was reading through these fight scenes, like I ripped through them so quick, and then I had to go back and I wanted to look at all the details because it makes you like want to continue and want to force yourself to read more, which is one of the things that I think makes this this comic so immersive.
0: Oh yeah, no, I I completely agree. Like the minute I started doing it, I just kept buzzing through every single issue, and then like even when you start getting the backstory of all the tag teams, like the Knights of Rain, you find out that you know for as being as badass as they are. There's an actual reason that they're like this because they're trying to stop the necromancer by any means they can because they know what the true potential is. So it's like you don't want to see them win, but now you kind of have to root for them a little bit like and this is so pro wrestling one on one like when you know the heels are, are not really heels or faces, but you have to, you know, like circumstances are causing that you have to root for them. Like, I mean, this just played right in my wheelbarrow. I don't know about you
1: yeah it it just added another layer like this thing is got it's like an onion we're peeling back the layers issue by issue and there's just there's just more to it and and that's what you know you look at this comic at the surface and you're just like oh well this is just you know it's going to be a okay comic decent comic it's got wrestling it looks fun but like there's so many things that are interlayered and intertwined that it makes it really interesting to read and and it really makes you feel for it and and those are the stories you know that kudos to the writing and 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 art that really just drive you drive it home
0: yeah no i completely agree because like i say they do a lot of great homages to some of the great tag teams in the business they do a doomsday device which if you know the legion of doom or the road warriors obviously that was their finish for a long time And, and do like little tweaks here and there And then we do get like a little break in the action that you see Lona is training with Cobra sun and really trying to get going. And I love how they just do another montage. Like, yes, just perfect played into that. Well, because I mean, it does kind of start getting that Rocky four kind of vibe going on for this. And I love, I love how they set this up because especially they have to face the Knights of rain coming up. And this is the big match.
1: Yep. Yeah. I really love the montage too. That was one of the, one of the coolest things ever um, that happened. And, And honestly, when I first read this, like, they were like, I love how we get in that montage, we get some more backstory of how Cobra Sun and Steel Rose were a tag team um, before he turned to heel. And I, and this is where like my lack of knowledge came into play. And I was, we were talking about this before we started the recording. It's like, I had to Google what a heel was Mm because I was like, what the hell is this? And, you know, I had to. So for, for folks that don't know, it's basically someone that's a villain or bad guy that, you know, breaks the rules and gives The good guy someone to go after yes um so so for for that like knowing that i was like okay that's kind of cool and this is where like i think we could potentially get if after the seven issues we were talking about this earlier is potentially a prequel Mm -hmm. of how they got you know how cobra sun and rose were a tag team and how they got involved with each other and all that stuff so i think that was cool i really liked how this is where the tides are turning and and the wheels are coming off from a training wheels perspective and and the father really recognizes the fact that in order for us to win we have to start working together and he talks about tandem moves and then they start to start to you know work together as as a team even though lona again still doesn't know that it's the father behind the mask and he's you know st- starting to stop protecting himself and here's where you know right after they they uh they get into it like Lona goes first mm-hmm. she gets a crap kicked out of her but then ends up you know trusting Cobra son tagging him in and they work together to win the match and they create this really cool finisher move um and then after that match, right? We we get another entry, and what do you think about when uh, Puro Pack came in from Japan, and uh, and and who we found out the reveal of one of the one of the guys was uh, in that tag team? Like, what were your thoughts on that?
0: I was blown away. I was like, I I knew the uncle was going to be appearing somewhere. I just didn't predict it was going to be here when you see Puro Pack. But yeah, you do see Uncle Blood show up and now he takes the mask off right in front of lona too and this that moment he's like he's trying to hold back the tears of just like this was my plan like she was my sister this is my fight what are you doing here you've screwed everything up and knowing that they're gonna have to go to battle now it turns into just this absolute insane dance going on and you're seeing that the uncle's team is just not hanging in there and they're just absolutely getting just destroyed and you're seeing that he gets actually put into a an MMA-style move, the rear naked chokehold. I know that it's sometimes you could say it's a TAS mission, too, for pro wrestling circumstances, and you're seeing just the uncle is not wanting to tap out under any circumstances, and he winds up just passing out. And you do see that uh, when this is going on, obviously FYSO is not letting go of the hold, and they have to come in and make the save on him, too. And you see the uncle, though— is going to make it through, but he is uh, left with a broken neck. Like, when you're seeing yeah. this, this kind of plays back into the pro wrestling element where you see somebody get injured and then the team is now rallying around that injury to come over, you know, the un- un- uh, just the insane odds against them. Like, being on not as much of a wrestling fan, when you're seeing this unfold, like, what is going through your head about this?
1: Well, the worst part about it is these guys are complete scumbags, like you were saying before. Like, the bell dings and... The guys, uh, one of the guys was like nah, and and uh, necromancer's like these guys won't let let go of the hold. And all of a sudden, like one of the guys gets on the top ropes and's like he's like let's teach these guys a the lesson. And he comes down and he and with his with his leg down right on on the neck and and you see that snap and you're like and the crowd goes gasp. And here's again where the letters really really play into this and kind of gut punch you. And then there's a big brawl that happens, but like. Uh, You know, it just really goes to show you how much of scumbags these guys are and these guys are out to you know They are the true heel of this whole match Mm -hmm. or this whole tournament and it's really it's like Jesus We just need to kick these guys asses because they're 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 the worst and it really makes you root against them Especially when you know blood uh, uncle blood is laying in that 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 bed afterwards and he's like well He's got a broken neck. He's lucky to be alive right now and and this is really where the stakes go up another level where you know they're they're talking to to the to necro and and they're like well he wants he wants a bloodbath let's give him a bloodbath and and this issue really ends with with Cobra sun pulling out a freaking a bat with barbed wire around it and 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 again here's where like the the theme of the you know we're not, we're not real wrestling in the, in the U S here. They don't, they don't believe in real wrestling. And, and he's like, well, let's show them how real we can get. And he's got the bat over his shoulder. And, 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 and the stakes are then set even higher where they're going to go fucking crazy and just, just go nuts. Cause he's got a chair with barbed wire in his hand. Like, where did you, what what were your thoughts when you saw that before, before we get into the, you know, the last issue that, that we're going to talk about, like, I'm not your thoughts just escalated.
0: I'm not gonna lie. Like, when you saw the necromancer was not disqualifying FYSO from the tournament, I was like, oh, I this is gonna go into a steel cage. Like, that was my instinct. Like, okay, he's gonna have some kind of weird steel cage going. And then when I saw Cobra Sun mess with the bag, I legit was like, okay, I see a bad like it. Tell me we're gonna be doing a death match without doing a death match. And then when they do the full panel shot of Cobra Sun walking with light tubes. Kendo sticks and that chair wrapped in barbed wire. I marked out because I watch a ton of GCW game changer wrestling, which has a lot of deathmatch wrestling in it. And I will say this. If you've never watched the deathmatch before, it's an acquired style of wrestling. Like it's not for everybody to say the least. But when I saw this, I'm like, Oh my God, he's going to try doing a death match here. Just to, just to see like how this would translate to the story. Because, like, you have to remember, there's supernatural elements going on here. There is a great emotional story, and yet I see the light tubes come out. And I'm going, we're having light tubes. This is going to be absolutely freaking nuts. I don't know how this plays out, but I could not wait to start reading issue five. Like, honestly, and I know this is the last issue we're going to be talking about, I completely marked out like a madman because this was just this is GCW 101 for me. So when this match is getting ready to go... And, you're, and obviously they open issue five where he's like, yeah, I want a no disqualification, barbed wire, ladder, false count anywhere, death match. And you see FYSO is like, no way. Nope, not happening. And they get forced into it. It was perfect. Like I completely marked out for this. And then there was the, even the little subtle nod. Like if you weren't sure that uh, Johnson was influenced by GCW, the shirt that Lona has on here uh, in issue five, the black with red lettering, that is GCW. I don't know if you picked up on that or not.
1: No, because I, yeah, I, I, th- this is that's really cool to know though because I didn't catch that at all. But that that's that's super cool that there's those subtle little Easter eggs in there, yeah. which is always good for fans of of wrestling and that no wrestling like yourself. Like you're you're just like oh, not only are the the stakes this high and we're going we're going crazy at death match, but. But look at this. I'm gonna give you this little nod to 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 wrestling here and there as well, which is which is awesome.
0: Yeah. And then when they get that final match going, it's absolutely as insane as you think. Cobra Sun comes flying out of the corner, gives a big boot to one of FYSO. You see the chair is getting thrown in. Like they're not holding back. And this is typically what you would see if you're watching pro wrestling. This is more like an SGC versus Briscoe's type match. Like this is kind of like the normal high-pace. High action. We're not taking a lot of time off here. We're just going to go out there and beat the absolute shit out of each other for 20 minutes, which I am here for every day and all day. Like I say, acquired taste, but it does work for me. And you're just seeing just how high stakes this is. You're seeing big impact moves going on. You're seeing a lot of wrestlers jumping out of the, the cage and then, or out of the, the ring. And then you see Cobra Sun do a dive over the top rope and hit everybody into the barbed wire that is, or uh, like this is where I couldn't really tell if they had barbed wire around the gates where the fans were sitting, or if that was just kind of the shadow of everything here, where you see the, whoa, and he jumps on, and he crashes everybody into the barricade. Like, how amazing yeah. was this?
1: Yeah, it's crazy, and this is, like, kudos to the art and the letters here, because this is really where it hits home with how motion is portrayed, both in the lettering and in the art, because you have those lines that are coming in, like, when one of the guys gets tackled out of the ring, it's just like boom, and the boom is like kind of, uh, it's kind of like somebody took I I don't know, it's like a shotgun blast, something, yeah, like a shotgun blast, and it's, it's not straight lettering, it's it's got, uh, you know, squiggles in it, and and just the whoa and and the motion, the line motions, really, really just made you immersed in in everything that was going on because literally every single panel was just like. Constant motion, constant beating up uh, each other, and then you know as soon you see that there's no there's no holding back here because Cobra Hassan gets punched right in the nuts, yeah, you know, like such a low blow, and then you know right after that you see you see Lona climbing this massive ladder, and those ladders are always always like. The big, the big event in any of these things, and I, I mean, I even know that, and I don't, I don't watch wrestling, but, but what did you think was going to happen as she was starting to climb that ladder there?
0: See, I, I had a feeling that with a ladder that big, he was going to try going Jeff Hardy, and what I mean by this is, if you've never seen Jeff Hardy wrestle in the WWE days, like early on in his career, he would climb to the tallest ladders you could throw at him and do what they call a Swanton bomb. Where he'd like flip himself and like he'd almost go as like a nose dive and then you know turn his body so he'd hit his back on the opponent right before the end. And I'm going, Oh, he's gonna try going Swanton here. He's going Jeff Hardy. And sure enough, Johnston plays into that. So I'm going like, All right, this is gonna be absolutely insane, but this makes sense because you see obviously the member of FYSO is on the table. And this this is just a complete perfect Hardy Boys homage. That obviously, if you I know you're not familiar with him, Marty. They were one of the uh, pioneers of doing the tables, ladders, and chairs match in WWE with Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys, and they would do some of the most insane crap that you have ever seen a physical body get put through, and it was almost like the precursor for hardcore matches. And I don't want to say death matches to a degree, because that's like the death match thing is a whole different ball of wax, like to to put it mildly. But they were the ones that just used to do these high spots, and you see how the crowd would freak out, and especially like with the yellow lettering that Johnson uses here, that is perfect. Jeff Hardy jumping off a ladder. and we see Lona is the one doing it here. She puts herself through the table along with FYSO and just this is where things just really start getting crazy because somebody gets a chain out and they yep. start using it like a lariat. like what's going through your mind watching this?
1: Oh my God like. First of all, the fact that, like, they played up that whole, like, she kind of fell off the ladder, but still managed to do what they call the sentient sentient bomb, which I thought was awesome. And then they ripped out the chains, and it was just like, oh, God, like, someone's going to get their head literally, like, pulled right off. And that's the first thing that I thought of was, oh, my God, like someone's going to die. And, mm. and I really like I, you know, we've seen what he's already done with with characters where he's broken characters like main characters necks. He's killed people right off the bat. And I was like, for the love of God, I really hope like Cobra son's head doesn't roll off and his mask comes off. And all of a sudden, like Lona realizes now she's lost her dad, too, in this whole thing, because things were not looking good for these guys at all at at this point in time especially when the when the chains came out and then then it got really crazy because tax come out yeah this is crushed they're just this is where it's getting like real bloody and chairs and and everything
0: yeah this is hardcore 101 like when you see the tax come out i mean that you know it's getting serious here And just the way that Johnson sets up this match, like you know, he's seen a lot of death matches in his day. Like, I like, and I and I can fully appreciate that. Just as somebody that's watched a ton of GCW, and you just you you can appreciate the art form for what it is. But like, I I can't stress enough: if you've never seen it, it is an acquired taste. So it might not be for you. Uh, GCW only does I want to stress too, like only one or two death matches a show. So it's not like they do a whole card except for certain ones throughout the year. So if you are going to check it out, I always will plug GCW, but this is just something they'll do every now and then on a card, but it's not a full, like, you know, normal seven matches on a card. And then we see Coruscant is getting put into the Boston Crab. He's bleeding out. Lola has to make a, a quick save, and obviously the chains come back into play here. And then she does one of the wildest clotheslines I've seen and how amazing was this scene? Like, did you jump out of your chair watching, reading this and go like,
1: yes. Oh man. I was, I was so stoked because that looks like something straight out of John Wick, mm-hmm. like something crazy like that, where she's like using the chain to do the clothesline and like her whole body, you know, that, or, or any other Kung Fu thing. Cause she kind of got the chain wrapped around her. Like, you know, like they, they catch it and they're like, Nope, screw you. And then like, like put it back right on the, on the other person that they're fighting. And, and just again, the lettering behind the scenes, just like, like amplified that whole thing and the, the motion and the way that it's going. It just really, it's it's just so well done. Yeah. That it, it really just puts you right there in the moment and, and realize that, Oh, maybe this is the time where the tides have turned. So now it looks like Cobra sun and, and Lona actually have a shot here because you know, they have him on the, on the ropes, so to speak. And, and this is when really it goes the other way where Cobra sun starts to starts to do some things and, and does that crazy suplex off the, off the top ropes to the, to the chairs and what looks like almost breaking the guy's back. Yeah. Um, And, and then he's ready to pin him. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, all right, we're, we're at issue five. I think there's like only a couple issues. Like when is the reveal going to happen when cobra son likes mask comes off or he tells lona that he's really the father and and in the back of my mind i was thinking about this during this issue because i i, I had a feeling it was going to come up either here or real soon and and it was going to be detrimental to something mm-hmm. right and and lo and behold you know they go to try to finish it with their with their move and and uh all of a sudden, like the other guy reverses it and starts to kind of rip the mask off and then Lona sees it. And, and she's just like, dad. Yeah. Man. Like, what were you what, like? Did like, <sighs> were you in the same boat as me? Were you like, Oh, gut punch, like something bad's going to happen. Yeah. I like, go. What were you thinking?
0: I'm I'm the wrestling fan to me kicked in. I'm like, Oh crap. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. Like, this is going to happen. Cause anytime that you see a masked wrestler lose their mask during a match like this, it usually means they're gonna cover up and they're gonna they're gonna take the pin. And seeing Lona's face just completely drop when she's like, "Dad," I'm like, "Oh, damn it!" Bird. She's something's gonna happen here. And then, sure enough, when she takes the shot uh, on the top rope and falls down, and you see the dad screaming, you know, for her, I mean, you just knew it was like, "Oh man, they're gonna lose this. They're somehow gonna lose this." And sure enough, when they do, the winner is FYSO and you just see like the just like that whole panel sequence too, where you see the three come down and the gasps from the crowd and they're all kind of freaking out like what do we do and just how they kind of play it off of there but then it's like the big surprise ending that I don't think yeah. any of us saw coming here is they're going to no, I mean yeah you mean you, at all. You, I mean you want to take away breaking it down here I saw this and I was like, are you, wait, what? See, and as
1: soon, yeah, right before I got there, like, I was like, oh crap, Lona is like dead. And then all of a sudden, or er, er, beaten brutally. Cause the dad is just like looking at her with his eyes wide open. Like, oh my God. Cause she's, she's crushed and crippled and, and just like bloody everywhere. And then it gets into, you know, Maggie and Frank meeting, which are these two guys. And they're talking about two people that they, that they lost. And, then, another kind of training montage goes in, and we're they're like, yep, we're gonna train harder than anybody else, and we're gonna win this thing and if we win this tournament, we're gonna you know one of us needs to pick who's bringing the other one back because we both have loved ones that we wanna deal with and and you get some of this in the beginning of this issue where um Maggie is like sitting in the hospital bed with, I don't know if it was her brother or her husband. I don't think they really get into it, but the doctor basically comes in as, is like, you know, we're talking hours, not days. And she just like snuggles with him in the hospital bed, knowing that, you know, the inevitable is going to be coming. But the very end of this thing, it's just like the, the, um, the necromancer guy, he's like, He's like, here you go. Congratulations. And then he's and then the two guys are like, like, we agreed. And he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, holding the two things and they're both like to the death and then it's to be continued. So it's just like, all right, well, you know, that's that's I don't want to say that's convenient from a storytelling perspective, but it's definitely not something that um, that we saw coming or I even saw coming Uh for this because i thought you know we're we're done lona lona's done there's got but there's got to be some other way because there's still two issues left in this series like how are they going to conclude and the other thing too is just like is it really going to happen the way we think it's going to happen like sometimes from a themes perspective right they could go a couple ways with this like are the are the quote unquote good guys going to win and prevail and 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 everything's going to be you know Rainbows and butterflies and and she's going to get her mom back or is this just going to be a story about loss that regardless of what you can do, you're, you know, as hard as you can fight. It's not always going to work out the way that you want it to, but it's about persevering in other ways. You know, is that the theme that that he's going for, and and we just don't know yet at this point because it's still up in the air. Like these guys are going to fight to the death. Technically, the other guys have lost. I know you haven't read the next issue yet, but like, where where what are your thoughts on where you think it's going for the last two, and 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 what do you want to see happen as as an end result?
0: Boy, this? I don't see like how I think it ends. I I think the Fyso takes themselves out, so there's no tag team champion, so they have to have an immediate uh vague or interim champion. And I think that's where sun and steel come back in. I'm just not sure who they'd be facing. Like, that's the one thing that's kind of thrown me off, but I like, I don't know because this book has gone in so many different directions. Like, sure. I'd love to see the happy ending, but I don't think we're going to get it. I really don't. And I think it's going to be just about like the father and daughter coming together and, and coming to terms with what's happened and, and finally finding peace between them both. Like, I think that that's what happens. like, they're not going to win it, but they will definitely, or like the necromancer is going to get caught. Like he never could bring him back or bring her back in the first place. Like, I think that that's where it's ultimately going to play out. But I think at the end result is going to be the father and daughter are back together. And the family that was fractured is now whole again. And I think that that'd be the perfect way to end things.
1: Nice. I don't want to, I don't want to give away, I don't want to give away too much, but, but I will say you're, you're thinking in the right direction because that's kind of what, ends up happening but you do get a little bit more backstory which i i really enjoyed in the beginning of issue six okay um and then the ending of issue six again you don't know where it's gonna where it's gonna what's gonna happen because of the way that it ends um and and what has to happen next as far as what goes down um with everything so i'm i I don't (laughs) i don't even know how they're going to wrap it up in one issue, to be honest with you, Um, because it feels like it could span another small arc.
0: I mean, maybe he's going to – maybe he would do that. Like, I think Daniel Warren Johnson has this played out so much. Like, there's so many different ways he can go with this. Like, even like I say, I haven't got a chance to read issue six yet as we're recording. That is on the list to do this week. So if you hit me up later on social media, I will definitely be on top of this. But I think it's just a matter of, like, there's so many different ways you can play this out. And if you wanted to take a break and, like, come back to it, I don't think that would be a bad thing either. But it's just, like, where, like, where exactly is the direction? Like, that's the only thing I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is, like, at the end of issue six, it basically says to be concluded. So I really don't think we're going to get any more than one more issue. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up, like, what, what they decide to go with. Is it going to be – is it going to be – uh A happy ending or is it going to be you know an underlying theme that we were kind of talking about
0: yeah i'm 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 leaning an underlying theme but i'm going to be there regardless like i wouldn't be mad if it was a happy ending either i think we've already seen enough go through for this family like they they deserve a win somewhere so if it happens here i just i got a feeling necromancer is going to double cross somewhere somehow because it would just be fitting like obviously i don't buy these on the up and up just from the top from the start of this introduction to him in issue one like there's something a little fishy about him but that's just me
1: yeah yeah the only where i could see potentially this going is some underlying thing with the necromancer and and everything else that's going on um because there is i agree something definitely fishy with him that that's going on and you learn some things in issue six, um, that causes kind of issue seven to play or the beginning of issue seven to play out when it, when it happens. So it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. And, and I definitely want to see, I w- I want to see some more with, with that character, because I feel like he, he's been kind of a secondary character up until this point, only really being the announcer and the hoster. And, and there's some underlying things I think that are going on that we're going to learn more potentially could, he, they could play into.
0: Mm-hmm no definitely so but right now five issues in it's definitely worth the read final thoughts on the first five issues and uh any recommendations uh moving forward for this marty
1: yeah i mean it it's a in my opinion it's it's definitely a must read for anybody wrestling fans or non-wrestling fans um it has a lot of things going on the art the colors uh the, the story like and and the best thing about it is, is it's super new reader friendly, which is one thing that I always find challenging with characters in general, especially coming from like the big two with DC and Marvel. It's like, all right, I want to learn more about X, but where do I jump in? Mm-hmm. And that's where like the community really helps, like talking to talking to folks on Twitter, talking to you guys, talking to, you know. My, my pod crew bash and Ali and, and talking in the Radiant Black Discord and just the other comic book section is, where do I start? And then it's even like trying to 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 guess, and sometimes that happens. But like these minis are so great for new readers to jump in to because it, it, it's self-contained and mm-hmm. you don't need any prior knowledge. I mean... I have no wrestling knowledge and, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I mean you have the wrestling knowledge that that I don't and you, you get some extra tidbits out of it. so it's not it's not required that you have it and it's still an enjoyable read. Um, so it's definitely a must read for me. I, I've already read issue six. I'm gonna be picking up issue seven. Um, Daniel Warren Johnson's awesome. Like I'll even say if you like this, I started reading through Murder Falcon because that's been on my list of things to read uh, for a long yeah. time now. And it's that's fully collected. That has a hardcover, I think, that came out recently. Um, I get all my comics digitally just because if I got the physicals, I think my wife would kill me. Uh, <laughs> so I get everything digitally. I read on Comixology, and I have you know DC all uh, the DC Ultimate or whatever that
0: Infinite Ultra is. now. I, yeah
1: ultra now yeah, yeah i got ultra which i too. love and i love it marvel's got to do something because three months of waiting kind of stinks so i gotta pick and choose what i buy for there but give yeah, it time I'm i got a
0: feeling be- after after the new year's I, I i i'm just making an unofficial odph guess after new year's i would say we'll see something
1: yeah and i'm, I'm happy to pay for it i mean i, I love the content makes it easy to, when i travel i can just take my ipad and i got everything with me um instead of potentially damaging books. But definitely Murder Falcon is amazing. I'm uh, five issues into that, and I highly recommend it. It's got, like, really cool vibes. Again, Daniel Warren Johnson, he plays with themes. He's a triple threat. He's doing hes doing more on that than he did on this. He's doing the art and the lettering and, and, and some of the colors in some cases. And it's just a fun time, you know, metal. And uh, they're dealing with with underlying themes of, of, of loss and, and cancer in, in that case where where the main characters goes through that. And it's, you know, I, I was a part of a jam band back in the day when, uh, back in high school, you know, me and my buddies jammed out. I, I played drums and, nice. and a couple of my buddies played guitar and and we just, you know, jammed out in my basement. So, so I, I had a lot of those, a lot of those vibes come into play with, with reading, with reading through that, but it's just, a it's just, it's just fun. And again, it's self-contained. It's, something that anybody can pick up if they're new to comics or want to get into it so i I highly recommend that especially if they like this book and haven't read it
0: Absolutely. Well, Marty, thank you for coming on the show. We definitely got to have you swing back uh, sooner than later. So definitely talk some more with us. Why don't you tell everybody where to find you on social media so they can definitely connect and definitely make sure they're following panel to panel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate you having me on. Be happy to come on again. This was a blast. On Twitter, you can follow uh, the podcast at panel to panel pod. I'm at Marty Stoked and I'm close to uh, 1K followers and I'm going to be doing a giveaway For folks that are following along so be on the lookout for that i do comic giveaways from from time to time so at 1k i'll be doing one there um if you're on the instagram we're at panel to panel podcast and uh we're not quite on as many major platforms like the 150 bazillion that odph is on (laughs) but we're getting there so (laughs) if you uh if you follow along, you should be able to find us on all major platforms on uh, at Panel to Panel Podcast.
0: Absolutely. So make sure you do that. Follow him. And if you need anything from the ODPH, it's very simple, odphpodcast.com. Thank you, as always, for listening to this special edition of the ODPH. We'll see you next time.